Hey guys, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. This is episode 13. 13 episodes. Woo! I don't know why I said poo. Y'all will be fine. Anyway, um, welcome back. Uh, once again, I'm going to be talking about a Nalini Singh book. Uh, so uh, this is going to just be a very brief mention. And I'm going to try my hardest not to mention this again for the rest of the episode. The apocalypse is here. Uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 is wreaking havoc everywhere. And life is a little, is a little harder. Filled with lots of anxiety and boo-boo things. So... Please uh, stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, get some masks. If you can't, look online for tutorials on how to make them out of things like napkins and, you know, random cloths you have in the house. I mean, if you've got old t-shirts that you're not using for something, now might be a good time. Anyway, do your best to stay safe um, and keep listening. Um to me ramble uh, about romance novels <laughs> um, because of the slight anxiety of, 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 of the things um, I didn't get a whole lot of reading done um, aka the only book I finished was the the book I'll be talking about a uh, play of passion yeah I was like is that what it's called like I haven't been staring at the title all day I did though start Devil's Bride by Stephanie Lawrence uh which I believe Faded Mates podcast is either has just talked about that book or is about to talk about that book and I had read Devil's Bride at least probably 10 years ago because I'm pretty sure I read it when I still lived in Toronto and uh that was 10 years ago uh so I've started to reread it and I'm like oh devil I like you you're crazy but I like you and Honoria I like her too so in case you're like hmm I want to read not sure what to read I mean uh Devil's Bride by Stephanie Lawrence is I I'm enjoying it as a historical that I read a long time ago um, and I'm not feeling like, oh, no, why did I like this? I'm like, oh, I see why I like this. I, and, uh, I still like it. Um, okay, so to uh, moving on to Play of Passions uh, by Nalini Singh. This is book nine in the series. Book numero nueve. Okay, we've reached book number nine. Woo! Um, and... Okay, this first portion, no spoilers. Okay, so if you're like, yes, I want to listen, but I don't want to be spoiled. This is the time. Um, this book, our main characters um, are Indigo, Revere. I don't know if it's Revere or Revere. Who knows? Indigo. Um, she is a snow dancer lieutenant. So this is the wolf pack. And Andrew Kincaid, who is... Uh, the hunter for snow dancer pack in case you're like what the 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 title of hunter is the individual in the pack who has to hunt down the any pack members that go rogue like give in completely to their wolf and lose their humanity and unfortunately they do have to sort of take them out because rogues will attack their pack and their family members um and so you have to sort of you know take care of that so these are our two main characters we have met both of them before in previous books uh andrew is um th the middle brother so he has his older brother is riley who is made it to mercy their book was book six braided by fire and his younger sister uh brenna is mated to judd and her book was book three uh caressed by ice so in right shiny guys is your tongue getting away um so at this point both of uh andrew he's called drew for most of the book both of drew's siblings are mated um indigo has a younger sister uh i think she's around the same age as brenna she is not mated um so it's 
or in snow dancer entirely um so this is a changeling couple only uh both members of the couple are changeling the first time we saw that was with riley and mercy but the big the big thing there was riley was a snow dancer wolf mercy was a dark river leopard and kind of like the craziness of like oh wait wait we're falling for a different changeling animal oh my god how does it work what are we doing can we do this how can we do this in this case they're both snow dancer wolves now uh, and then you're like oh so like what might be like some of the tropes or conflicts or issues or whatever um it's it's a younger man older woman scenario but like kind of not really i mean indigo is four years older than drew so it's not a huge age gap it's not like i've got 10 years on you i've got 15 years on you i've got 20 25 no 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 it's literally four years like eesh. technically i think if we look at generations they're in the same generation it's literally just like when you were born, I was four. When I was 15, you were 11. When I was 21 and legal, you were what's four years? 17 and not legal. So it's not a huge age difference. But of course, it's kind of like, hmm, how does that work? Um, so it's a really, I think this book gives us a really sort of deeper look into snow dancer uh how the pack that specific pack works um what are some of the things that drew and indigo and their alpha hawk have to do we also are it all of the books have sort of been pushing us towards like something big is happening something is definitely coming and we're getting to the point that those events that we were like you could sort of see on the horizon in book one are like like we've now reached the horizon um they're not far far away they're they're kind of right here and it's like ooh, okay like this might be happening right right now and shit so there are things in the world outside of this the main couple that you're going to be like oh what does this mean right like how are things going to change based on the decisions that are being made in this book and things are gonna like I mean I think I've said it before things are gonna get ugly and I think I say that for like every book things are increasingly getting more difficult and violence is starting to really sort of be like hi I'm here hello did you miss me? I mean, of course not. Um, so uh, I think what I loved most about this book, both in other reads, like other times I've read it, and even this time, is that Andrew as a character, I mean, he's a dominant male changeling, but there's a sort of sense of play and levity about him. That I don't think we really get with any of the other male changeling characters we've met up until this point. Pretty much all the male characters uh, that we've met, both chain, whether they're changeling or psi or, you know, uh, descended of psi. And I'm talking about like the main parent and the main characters that are in, you know, the couple that is for that book. All of them have been very, you know... I mean, everyone's a soldier of some sort, but they've been very like kind of not stoic. That's the wrong word. But it it seems like, you know, their other half, their partner is how they're having that person in their life allows them to smile and laugh and enjoy the lighter side of life kind of thing. Um, Because if, you know, they didn't have that person in their life, they'd just be like, Whereas Andrew is the opposite in many ways. It's not that he isn't as strong of, you know, an individual as all of these other male characters, because he is. I mean, he has to he has to be the one to hunt down someone 
who has completely given in to their wolf and if they're too far gone execute them that's not something that just anyone can do right and the person who has the same role in dark river is actually lucas um so it's interesting that andrew we get to see this male character still be really playful really joyful really full of sort of the kind of vibrant energy that i think sometimes we expect from some of the the female partners um and in in this book we sort of see that no it's andrew that's like but like we play girl let's play what are you doing come on um so i think i've always really really appreciated that about this book um and what else there was something else that i also really really liked about this book oh okay so in both this book and then um branded by fire right mercy and indigo are dominant changeling um women so they like their male counterparts who are dominant are just kind of like you know we're we have to do we still have to do so much I don't, it's not that they have to do more to prove that they are, you know, just as dominant. No, because that's not how that works. But it just feels like there is sort of that battle. Like, well, I'm not like, you know, in Indigo's case, like, she actually, no, in both their cases, they're both the single, they're both the only women in their packs that are dominant and have the the status that they do, Right indigo is part of hawk's inner circle of lieutenants um mercy is part of lucas's inner circle of sentinels so it's it's like you you're not just a dominant soldier you're like the apex the peak um and so i like that it's not like oh you're too dominant and you just never find a man and you never find love and there's no partner for you and that's the end it's like no even dominant strong women who can do everything right kick ass kill if need be to protect everybody they still need and deserve a loving partner so i I think that is another reason why i've always really enjoyed this book as well as you know branded by fire um i'm trying to think of what else i can talk about without like spoiling it for you i don't know because I really kind of want to get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it all. You know, like, really just go there. And I don't want you to be like, but you said, Easter, that there would be no spoilers. And then you spoil it. And then you're all sad and disappointed. And Hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh. Hi. I have to have a fangirl moment. So I, like, had forgotten to tweet that the last week's episode was out so i sent out a tweet like a day later i think on the tuesday and i did like a uh, um a video a video a story and then i just uh, actually it was a snapchat story that i just posted on everywhere and nalini singh herself retweeted it and i like screamed i was like oh my god the, the woman she has seen it she knows i was like oh my god so i got very very excited guys sorry I just felt like I had to share that with you. And you're like, "Mm, we're not sure why. Because I want it to, okay? Because I want it to. Um, But yeah, I'm going to pause here. um, And then, oh, also sort of random, but not really. Um, Right now, because of all the craziness, a lot of authors are, if they have the ability to, are either... putting their books on sale and sales are ranging from like zero dollars as in free 99 uh to you know whatever so if there was a f- author that you really really loved and you were you know kind of like oh like my i don't know should i do it should i not or if there was an author that you were interested in reading but you hadn't really made the plunge yet to purchase a book um definitely check like their social media their twitter or instagram facebook i say that like that because i'm not a fan but whatever it exists to see if there are any sales going on um not only do you get to read new authors but you also get to support um yeah oh and in 
both the Ripped Bodice and Love Sweet Arrow, I believe, uh, are still, still as of, I'm recording on Sunday, as of Sunday, have the capability to ship books to you. So you can purchase online and have them shipped to you. I mean, I live in New York, Love Sweet, Love Sweet Arrow is in Chicago, the Ripped Bodice is in LA, in Culver City, uh, so I had to have them shipped because <laughs> flights are expensive. Um, but yeah, if you're like, oh, I really want to buy books, but you don't really want to buy them from Amazon, the devil, um, then yeah, these are two really awesome options and definitely check out to see if your local books, your local indie bookstores, um, are able to ship, like to ship you books, uh, through online ordering, um, because a lot of them are doing their best to do so. Uh, all right, so I'm going to pause here, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to spoil it, spoil it, spoil it. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, Esther, if you don't. Guys, you know, I just like like saying the word spoil it. <laughs> all right, see, I keep saying see you in a few, like you can see me, <laughs> which you can't. No, I'm not doing video. Mm-mm. Actually, I say that, but at some point I'm going to be like, oh. I just want my during fans to see my face. Oh, yes. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, back in a bit. All right, all right, all right. I'm back. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about Play of Passion, book number nine, but with spoilers. So if you're like, Esther, I haven't read the book and I really don't want it to be spoiled, stop listening now. If you don't care about spoilers or understand that, like, I mean, I can spoil it, but it's not the same because you still have to read it. It's not like I'm going to go page by page or like chapter by chapter. Like I'm talking overall things here. You know, it's just there's going to be information and you're going to be like, oh, my God. Anyway, so as I mentioned earlier, right, this is a changeling couple and both uh, main characters are from the snow dancer um pack right so we're looking at two wolves which is something we haven't seen we have seen two changelings riley and mercy but that was one wolf one leopard <laughs> dog and cat but falling in love cute this time it's two wolves yeah girl two wolves mating for life so cute awesome wonderful um and so as i mentioned earlier there's sort of this idea that it's kind of like younger man older woman but it's only a four-year difference but something that is is touched upon and is kind of sort of central to the story not just that drew is younger than indigo who he calls indie but that drew's dominance level isn't the same as indigo's or stronger now i'm trying to think when we throughout the books so far there's been talk of dominance and how important it is for the hierarchy and how there are certain animals certain members that are more dominant than others um but i feel like this book really sort of starts to give us sort of insight into you know what that might mean um something that's mentioned is the fact that Drew currently is less dominant than Indigo, but, um, and this actually isn't mentioned, uh, Mercy is the one who lets Indigo know and thereby lets the reader know, but it's pretty, I want to say the last third of the book that we find out that Drew has been growing in dominance every year since he essentially hit adulthood and there doesn't seem to be a stop so even though at this moment when drew and indigo come together she is the more dominant um wolf in sort of their pairing that might not stay that way right if drew's dominance continues to grow every year at some point they're gonna have the same level of dominance and then he may even surpass her and be a more dominant wolf than her and so I thought it was really interesting that that was explained because I think it gives us insight into dominance isn't just about like whoever is stronger, like physically, and that there are levels that it can be measured. There, there are ways to know sort of where a wolf 
or a leopard or any sort of changeling animal falls within their hierarchy um and that you don't just it's not that you are born at one level and that's sort of set in stone it's that you grow into your you know into your dominance or not um and you get to your certain like there's obviously a point where you stop growing in that respect but that 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 it we're not just assuming oh you turn 18 and that's it um because i think i don't remember if they mention i feel like drew is just he hasn't quite yet hit 30 so he's in his late 20s and indigo i think is you know obviously in her early 30s um so they're not like old or anything or really young but it's clearly like you know they're not also just like fresh or is he like early 30 or something i don't remember i'm trying to think isn't there a birthday party for him Ooh, i feel like i am blanking or maybe i'm mixing that up with some other book anyway um so so we see this right another thing that i think is really interesting up until this point at least for the changeling um members who have been um who've had you know found their mate um so lucas uh everyone in you know all the senior um hierarchy um in dark river so that's lucas uh mercy dorian um vaughn clay uh in the and now riley um there's this concept of like you find your mate and then like it's not that you see that person you immediately know it's not an immediate like your animal immediately is like mate but it's like as there's clearly a draw to that individual and as time goes on you know the mating dance shows up and you're like oh this is the one this is the one for life a character that we meet who he will get a book um that shows us that you know no as as much as like that happens you know life happens um is riaz riaz or is it riaz or riaz oh i kind of want to call him riaz okay guys i'm gonna it's spelled r-i-a-z and i or z whichever one you prefer and i'm gonna call him riaz <laughs> why because it, it it's more fun to say riaz um met his mate or the woman who could be his mate. Actually, it isn't made clear in Riaz's case if he has spent time with her and then realizes that she would be his mate, or if he knows immediately. Oh, I'll have to pay attention to that in his book because his book is coming. But she's already married um, and happily married, I believe, to a human. And so instead of sort of trying to destroy her relationship with her husband to claim her himself he you know it's one of his reasons for coming back to the den in california in the sierra what is it sierra nevada mountains whatever um is to sort of lick his wounds and figure out how to go forward because this idea is that you find this one person that you're mated to for life but like in his case she's already married and from what i recall she's also human so she isn't changeling like him so i feel like the concept of mating is very specific to to changelings not to say that there aren't bonds that can be created because we saw that with dev and katya there was clearly a bond a link that is created sort of in in the neural network but um in the case of max and uh sophia sophia at least we don't ever see sophia being like and here's my bond to him uh whether or not that's i i don't i feel like we find out that 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 exists on the neural plane on the network plane but i don't remember so I'm not sure but up until this point right we just sort of assumed like oh my god they find their mate and then they're happy forever and here's Riaz being like so I found her but I couldn't ruin her life so she would choose me and so then the question is like oh so is is that it like you you don't get a mate like you asked out like what if your mate died what is there only one in the whole world damn like how does that work and 
both Hawk's book and Riaz's book will sort of give us um, the the information uh, from those kinds of questions. Uh, but it's, I did think that it was really interesting that that was included because I think Nalini was trying to just sort of let us know, like, it's not that, oh, you found your mate and everything's great. Everything's hunky-dory. Life is wonderful. Sometimes life is a bitch and uh, you find your mate and it's too late. And you're just like, pero, pero why? Por qué? But why? What? So Riaz is clearly, oh no, I called him Riaz. Riaz is clearly dealing with something that we haven't yet seen. Um, And we'll see in his book how that gets handled. Is that the next book? Or is it Hawk and then him? Hmm questions i'll let you know i'm gonna look it up in a i'm going to look it up while i keep talking to y'all like uh in my voices because i I don't know why that's just happening you're like oh you keep going back and forth to keep you paying attention no i'm kidding so another huge sort of um chunk of the book is the fact that the council you know, the, the side council is essentially, you know, splitting in the sense that like, so the council, in case you forgot, or you haven't read the books and you're just listening to me, the side council is made up of seven individuals. It is Nikita Duncan. She's Sasha's mother, Anthony Kiriakas. He is Faith's father. Um, Ming Laban, he's awful. I don't like him. Caleb Krychek, uh, there's he gets his own book. It's called Heart of Obsidian. Um, Tatiana Rika Smith, uh, Shoshana and Henry Scott. Now Shoshana and Henry Scott are married that's in air quotes because they're they're both side everyone is obviously in the side council is side they're side but they understood that like the human and changeling sort of media would feel more comfortable or you know they would be able to present a more palatable front if it's like well look we're married like you humans and changelings do except like no now when i say the council um is split so Henry, Shoshana, and Tatiana are very adamant that silence, the protocol, must hold. And Henry is far enough on that spectrum that he believes that any sort of, um, any sort of connection to the other bases is sort of contamination and can ruin silence. And so that they, the Cyrus should essentially isolate themselves from um the human and changeling races then you've got nikita and anthony who are both based in the san francisco area who have daughters who defected they have cardinal daughters which is the highest like level of power in the Sinet. they have cardinal daughters who defected and are both mated to changeling men who happen to be in the same pack who clearly see that a things are changing and b silence is not a protocol that can that can be sustained any longer clearly something is wrong and it isn't just that their daughters defected i think they're starting to see there are things that are happening in the signet that shouldn't be happening which means that something something is going on and if silence is the reason for it then we can no longer continue to uphold it neither one of them wants to see silence just immediately toppled because to dismantle a system that has you know been a hundred years in the making in one fell swoop would mean millions of people dying and it would impact all three all three groups right it would impact psi it would impact changeling and it would impact humans so they understand that things can't you can't just go from day to night to be like silence no silence but they do know that something has to change 
And knowing that Henry, Shoshana, and Tatiana are gunning for them, they make the decision to reach out to Snowdancer and Dark River and be like, we need to work as a cohesive unit to defend our territory since all of them call the same area of the nation sort of their own which is huge it's it's a huge it's a huge step because the way things were when we met some of these characters in the first book it's life to sensation you wouldn't have thought that the moment would come when I mean, you might have thought it, right? Because Nikita is does has sort of shown herself to be like money above all things. And if, you know, working, you know, she's making bank doing construction deals with um, changelings. Um, so she's kind of like, okay, like it's making me money. I'm not really like worried about whatever, whatever. So I think it's really interesting that we're seeing now I mentioned those two I still haven't mentioned two counselors right you you might be going well what about Ming well, what about Caleb in um book seven book seven yes book seven um blaze of memory Katya did shoot him and he did he didn't die sad face sad face motherfucker should have died he didn't die but he was shot so he, I don't think the council knows he's injured. Um, probably because he wouldn't want them to know because they, they could take him out since they don't trust each other. But they they just assume that he's busy handling his own shit. And basically he's trying to stay alive. Um, although we don't, there is, we don't have any scenes where he's talking or something is happening. We don't have that yet. Um, Caleb is, has backed Nikita at times and seems to be, it's still not clear what his alliances are. I think it's becoming clearer that he is also another character that we've seen that we don't have very much info on, but we're still not sure about Caleb, um, and what his like where his loyalties sort of lie. So this means that the next book, and I looked it up, the next book, uh, book uh, 10 is Kiss of Snow, which is Hawk and Sienna's book. And then book 11, Tangle of Need, is Riaz and Audria. And then book 12 is Heart of Obsidian, which is Caleb. And a character I'm actually not going to mention because... Uh, we haven't actually seen, I think there's been a tiny mention of her in one book, but I kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil how far ahead. I'm like, what? So, and then uh, there's more books, but I'm not going to keep going. So the next three books, right? The next, the three I mentioned things really are just in flux because shit is going down right in this book we can we know that henry is up to something that henry and his pure side fanatics are up to something and they're going to do something and it's obviously going going to be awful and it's going to create you know trauma and death and all of these things and we're just like motherfucking henry why aren't you dead you might be like, I like Henry. Okay, well, you're a weirdo. I don't get it. Um, I want the motherfucker dead. Um, I also do think it's really interesting that when the series started, Henry sort of acted, followed whatever Shoshana wanted done, and things have flipped around, and he's kind of like, nah, I'm my own man. I mean, he cray-cray, but he's like, let me, let me assert myself. Um, so there are... That is sort of like, that's what's happening in the world as Drew and Indigo come together. There's also hints in this book. We've seen, we've we've been given glimpses, very small ones, that Hawk and Sienna, that there's something there. But these glimpses, in case you weren't, you know, paying attention to them before or thought whatever of them, we get two scenes in this book that is like, <gasps> oh, what? 
what? Oh my God, what is happening? What is going on? What does this mean? Oh, two or three. Actually, I think it's three. There's the scene. Yes, it's like three little instances. And they're not big scenes. They're not long. But it is clear, so, so clear, that whatever is between them is about to pop off. It's about to pop off. And of course, that's why they are, then become the next book. Um, so definitely, if Hawk is a character you like, y- you need to like get to reading Kiss of Snow. Um, I think, I think after I read Kiss of Snow, um, Hawk had become like my favorite character. Um, unfortunately for him, later uh, I met Valentine. Um, the alpha for the oh my god what is what is the name of the bear clan in silver silence let me go look it up because stonewater bears oh yes valentin nikolov is the alpha of stonewater bears and like i want him to be real so that i can be his wife you're like esther he's a character in a book i know i know I I know that, but I also want him to be real so that I can be his wife. I, he is probably my favorite changeling alpha today. Lucas is great. Hawk is great. Some of the they're wonderful, but he uh <sighs> you guys are going to hear me gush and just like not shut up when I get to Silver Silence, because, girl, that book, ooh, Miss Nolini Singh did her thing, and did it so, so well, I know I've said it a million times, and I'll say it a million more, she is such an incredible writer, and as I'm rereading, I'm just like, oh, this is so good, this is so good, oh my god, this is so good, oh my god, and, you know, June 9th, I can't wait for it. I mean, I get Alpha Night. We may be allowed to go outside again. Who knows? Um, so June 9th, I'm like, come on. Come on, June 9th. It's not that far away. I can't believe we're basically at the end of March. That seems really fast. Like, I feel like January lasted you know, 6,000 years, and February was pretty quick, even with the extra day, but March, I feels like I blinked from March 1st, and, and, and I'm already, on, what, like, where did it go, it's very strange, um, so yeah, the, oh, I, so you're all gonna be like, is there, but there was a uh, is it a sentence yes there was a sentence that i really really liked and also made me think about how it relates sort of to you know real life right not book life i'm gonna read it to you guys um it's pretty close to the end of the book andrew was one of the heart pieces of the pack those wolves who connected them all to each other in a way that was difficult to explain but integral to the functioning of a healthy pack. And you're like, why did you read this to us, Esther? Because, I mean, obviously, none of us are changeling. We don't turn morph into animals. But I feel like in some ways, we can talk about our family and friend and community units as packs, right? And... It just made me think that, yeah, there are people in your life who are, there are people in your friend group, there are people in your family, there are people in your, in your life that function as those key sort of whole, like people who hold everyone together. And I think of I've read, you know, romance novels where one or both of characters have lost a parent and sometimes when they've lost one parent and they still have a living parent and yet the entire family has fallen apart because the parent that passed was sort of the heart of the family and with the loss of that heart, 
the bonds are just unable to to survive um nalini singh's guilt hunter series has like has that at its at the core of one of its characters elena's entire family sort of is blown apart by the loss of not just her two siblings but her mother right to the point that her because her father the people that are left are her her father and her younger sister and the they they don't have the kind of um turnaround where it's like we lost you know our mom and our two siblings and then we became closer it's the opposite and there are other reasons and if you haven't read the guilt hunter series by nalini Singh, guys you have to i don't know yet but i'm kind of tempted when i'm done all of the side changeling books i i think i'll i'll give you guys a break and do other stuff but i think after that i will then go dive into those books um which are again phenomenally written but i just kept thinking about that and how there are people that you think about and are they're so sort of vital and they're the people who sort of keep you and your friends or you and your cousins or you and your siblings or you and your college friends or you and your high school friends you know you and your groups um connected and close and and that the loss of people like that right those people who you can't you it's hard to explain how they bring everyone together but that the loss of those people is felt so deeply right because in often if that person is gone that entire sort of grouping and community that they created is unable to sort of continue and obviously nothing can stay the same um right but i just i thought it was just such an interesting sort of sentence and i really liked that it that this is about a male character because I do think sometimes in romance that that sort of emotional connection, the idea of someone who brings people together is very often ascribed to um, female characters, right? And men are stoic and strong and brave and soldiers and fighting at here to kick us. And women you know, are just here to envelop us in love. And I like that in this case, we're being shown that like, not that Andrew can't kick ass and whatever, um, because he can't, but that he is still very much this sort of individual, this man who can draw so many people together, communicate with so many different people, both the, the weaker members, um, in their pack, the stronger members, those who are more introverted, more quiet, everyone. Um, I really, really did appreciate that because I think that, and it's interesting because I've also read romance novels where somewhat the, the way a father is described is like, he is, you know, the person that everyone sort of comes together around. Um, I just don't, I just, Sometimes I feel like there isn't as much of that, right? Which is why when it happens, it stands out. Um, but I really, it was just that sentence. I was like, oh, Andrew, um, no, like, why? Um, so yeah, so I, I just wanted to like put that out there. And I don't know, it just, it made, it made me think. So I had to share it with you guys um i'm trying to think is there anything else i wanted to talk about um i mean ooh, 
at the beginning of this book there's like a cast of characters list which i don't think was in any of the previous books or at least not the ebook versions i had so i like was reading and i was like wait a cast of characters i mean great um but at first i was kind of like i was not expecting this because i hadn't like seen it before so i was kind of like hmm and i did i i liked it i thought it was i mean for a series as like big as this it is helpful especially if you haven't read any of the other books right and you come into this book and you're just like and even if you have it's a it, it is I think really helpful to sort of be able to keep track of everybody um because it there are a lot of people that are mentioned as I was like be, so as I was reading I went through the cast of characters and at first I was like all these people show up in this book and then as I was reading I was like oh they do they really do all show up in this book but like I wouldn't have thought of what what um oh I get there was one other thing I wanted to mention so drew and indigo right and having sort of a different level in dominance um the reason why that's brought up and it's sort of like is because indigo has two examples of relationships um one that is sort of what is considered the the norm and one that buck the norm her parents are um a dominant male her father and a submissive of female her mother her aunt who's really close to her in age because um she was born late uh, or she was a surprise um her aunt is one we meet her in this book in a relationship with a less dominant man and that relationship is oh girl toxic toxic no bueno bad bad uh-uh and so indigo sees her parents who sort of did what everyone sort of does right a more dominant man a less you know and is like look at how successful they are and then sees her aunt who didn't do that and like how miserable so even though she's not outright like i don't want to entertain drew because of that reason it becomes very clear that that is the reason or is one of the reasons right and and i thought that that was interesting because again it just gives us more insight it gives the reader more insight into dominance what it means how it works how it can work um and what are the like how these characters can sort of navigate such a difficult um situation when you know because i guess what we're trying to we're not trying what we're being shown is that human the human side of changelings will fall for who they fall for but what then happens when their animal sides are like nah too weak bah too strong bah bah like then how do you navigate that um and one of the novellas is about a really really dominant guy no there's two novellas that i think are awesome one is about a really dominant guy and a very submissive girl the other one's like a dominant girl and a submissive guy and again you i think they're really well done and i will look them up and put them in a show notes because i'm blanking totally on names right now i'm just like ooh, jono remember but i will like look it up and be like here you go guys um Oh, yeah, because she has... Oh, actually, wait a minute. Okay, what's Beat of Temptation? You're like, Easter. Do-do-do-do. No, it's not that one. Oh, if you want to read about Tasman and Nathan, who Tasman is the Dark River healer, and Nate, Nathan is her mate, and he's a sentinel, um... Their story is told in A Beat of Temptation, which is an uh, anthology called An Enchanted Season. Is it in Whisper of Sin? Nope. Or maybe it's Wild Invitation that has all of these. Hmm. Yes. 
Well, while the invitation has declaration of courtship, which is Grace, she's a shy, submissive wolf, and she's being pursued by a snow dancer lieutenant. That's where submissive female wolf, very dominant male wolf. But where is the one with, is it secrets at midnight and night shift? I don't think so. No, that's Bastion. Or is it Wild Embrace? Ah, Wild Embrace is another, it's a book of novellas. I believe there's four of them. Yes. Wild Embrace has partners in persuasion, which is um, Felix, who is not dominant, less do- and Desi, she's more dominant. Um, and I, ooh, and Desi's a leopard, Felix is a wolf. So we get to see, um, oh, I just realized it's a wolf leopard pairing, but it's once again leopard female wolf male hmm i'm trying to think if she's done the opposite i don't think so interesting anyway i'll put these in the show notes but yes i think that's all i have for today um next week i believe it will be april which holy crap will it be april by next week the following monday no It'll still be March because it'll be the 30th. Um, uh, that'll be the next book, which is Huck and Sienna, Kiss of Snow. I'm actually really excited to reread this again. It's been a while since I've reread it. Um, and it's a good one. And shh, lots of shit happens. It's wild. It's crazy. I love it. Um, trying to think what else. Hmm. I think that's it, friends. I will put in the show notes the books I mentioned, the two um, novellas sort of compilations, as well as, like I said, if you just want to read a historical and you're like, I don't know which one I should read, uh, please go and read A Devil's Bride by Stephanie Lawrence. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, And listen to the Faded Meats um, podcast episode about it. And yeah, hit me up on the Twitters or Instagram. That'll also be in the show notes. And uh, have a wonderful week. Don't forget to drink water. I feel like a lot of us now that we're working from home are forgetting that we need to hydrate. Hydrate. You don't want to become dehydrated in your house. That would suck. All right, guys. Stay safe read romance novels and i'll see y'all next week i mean hear y'all no you'll hear me okay bye